Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything that there is to know about injuries or sports or the intersection of those two things. (laughs) Today is February 5th, and I am Nancy. I'm your basketball enthusiast, and I am joined in the blue room by i'm rebecca i am your uh what did i call myself i'm the director of hockey operations of this podcast yes (laughs) it's so good i need a better name now you've inspired me oh good and by i am rachel and i am still the baseball commissioner of my own head yes (laughs) and this podcast yeah i gotta i gotta up my game i gotta up my game all right so we're here today uh to talk about Injuries, sports injuries, and I want to start by asking for a show of proverbial or literal, if you prefer, hands of which of us have had a sports injury. I am raising my hand. It depends on what I'm you I'm raising know. my proverbial hand. It depends on what you okay. mean by sport. Uh, an injury sustained while playing or participating in a sport. Uh, I got an injury whilst uh, monkey barsing. Sure, we'll go. What happened? Oh, I had, I had a monkey bars injury. And I have an injury whilst walking to a sporting event. <laughs> no, that doesn't count. <laughs> that's, Damn that's it. still a sports-related injury. <laughs> uh, what, what, tell us your monkey bars story, Rebecca. Oh, I was, I, I don't know, I was 10. I was doing the monkey bars and I fell and I broke the growth plate in my pinky. It was not Ooh, particularly ouch. harrowing. All right. Okay. Yeah, Rachel, the, what happened to you? Oh, uh... Mine was a little bit harrowing. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't do the, the my uh, school's uh, playground had a small set of monkey bars and a big set of monkey bars. And for a long time, I was, I, I couldn't do the big set of monkey bars. It was tall and they were a little bit farther apart and it was scary. Mm-hmm. And then finally, after I think this was, uh, would have been a, a Girl Scout, you know, after school thing, we afterwards we were playing on the playground. Um, I finally did the, big monkey bars successfully and i did them again and i did them again Mm -hmm. and i just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth Mm -hmm. and if you do that too many times Mm -hmm. the skin on your hands doesn't like it that's true Uh uh-huh yeah Uh and begins to come off true yes Uh so i went to it was a wednesday night i remember this because i went to church uh and realized that the skin on my hands was much of it was now gone Mm. um yeah but, you know, I was a kid, so it didn't yeah, phase me fine. that much. Yeah, yes. totally. Now I'd be like, oh, no, how do I shampoo? But uh-huh. then I was just like, ah, that hurts. Oh. <laughs> I, I actually, I do have yep. very similar to that from rowing. Like, rowing just oh, tears sure. your hands out. Yeah, I think we've talked I'm about sure. that. Yeah. Um, Fully believable. I, I did, uh, while we were talking about it and saying the words monkey bars a dozen times, I was like, do we still call them that? And... You know, a very, very brief Google does not indicate mm. that that's like a problematic term, though I, if it is, <laughs> somebody tell me. Um, mm-hmm. But it does look like um, they're predominantly called a jungle gym now. Well, jungle gym's a different thing. Well, yeah, I, it refers to the whole a, a, structure. Thing. I yeah. thought that as well. Well, clearly we're right then because we all think it. Yeah. But the internet doesn't think that. Well, the internet's wrong. The internet says a jungle gym is uh, something that looks like a horizontal ladder made of metal or wood bars. No, that's that's monkey bars. No, I reject that. Okay. Jungle gym is bigger and more complicated than that. It's got to have more pieces to be a jungle gym. Anyway. (laughs) Mitzi, tell us about your sports-related injury. Uh, I got got some good ones. Uh, I I mean, I did dance uh, as, as a kid and into my young adulthood and sprained many an ankle uh as you do as uh, rachel can attest from her sister's experience um yep so i think i I never although she never injured ankle dancing like the bad injuries happened outside of yeah funny no mine was definitely dancing i would i would absolutely roll my ankles while dancing um so i think i sprained both of them three times each over the years um and I played church league basketball as a kid and definitely broke a couple fingers in various, you know, sort of mu- like nothing bad, just like, you know, 
popped them a little and kind of cracked them. I've got one that's kind of crooked because of it. You know, I, I, I broke all of my fingers as a teenager in various different Ooh. ways. Um, again, nothing particularly, but just in like, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> but my best sports injury was an, as, as an adult uh, playing intramural uh, softball with my company team. I absolutely caught a softball with my face and broke my nose and traumatized the hell out of my coworkers. I am very sorry to all of you. <laughs> Why she doesn't play outfield anymore. Uh, it's true. I never wanted to play outfield in the first place, but I was trying oh. to be a good sport about it. And I went out there and we were up against a team who not only had like, uh, a bunch of guys who used to play baseball in high school and college together, but also had a bunch of left-handers. So I was out in the, whichever side it is. Right field. Right field. Uh, right field you. is where you put the kid who likes to look at clouds. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's that was, where I was. That was me. And it did not serve me well because a bunch of those big dudes could whack it way the fuck out there. Uh, and apparently, so I don't actually remember it happening. I remember seeing it mm -hmm. come in and then I remember having blood pouring down my face. But I'm told I did actually catch it and it just popped up out of the mm. glove. So oh, yeah. like, yeah, it'll do that. But Yes. You know, that's the kind uh, of injury that got, I have nice little scars. It was good. <laughs> got, had to get stitches, had to get a tennis shot. Good times. That's the kind of injury that it feels like it's, it's okay to not remember. Yeah, definitely. Well, the really funny part is, right. So like I've broken a lot of bones. Um, it wasn't that bad. Like once it stopped bleeding, which <laughs> took a minute because, you know, head wounds, mm -hmm. um, and once I got the stitches, which I fucking hate stitches, I'm super squeamish about that. So, like, once that part was over, like, it really, like, I've had cramps that hurt worse than mm. breaking my nose. Um, the one problem was riding in a car, the vibrations Ooh, sucked. Sure. <laughs> oh, sneezing must have sucked, too. I think oh. I managed not to sneeze the entire time, just oh, out of sheer self-preservation. Oh, that just gave me chills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, otherwise it was like, you know, like, you know, it ached, but it was not, I was like, yeah, this kind of hurts, but it wasn't, it really wasn't. I've had piercings that hurt worse. I've had cramps that hurt worse. Like, so, so the reason I say this is because I know a lot of people who like are very freaked out about breaking bones and I'm like, okay, it depends on the bone. Like some of them are not that bad. Mm -hmm. Breaking my fingers didn't actually hurt that bad. Breaking my nose didn't actually hurt that. Like, mm -hmm. it's not fun. I'm not recommending it, but, <laughs> but like, it's nothing to be like terrified of. It's what I'm saying. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. So that's my sports story. Yeah. I, uh, I never broke anything on the sports field. I got a lot of like little, really small injuries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the thing that, that came to mind is like the very first time I played softball, Oh. Um, I remember my dad taking me to, it like, I don't think it was an official practice or maybe because um, the neighborhood team, my dad's friend ran it. Um, so he was kind of introducing to me to softball and be like, this is what it is. And, um, you know, hitting grounders for me to get. And one popped up and hit me in the chin pretty good. Mm -hmm. And, Ouch. you know, I can remember like, even then, you know, I think I was like eight, you know, seeing it on my dad's face that like, Oh shit, if this goes poorly, she's never going to play oh. softball again. <laughs> this cannot go poorly. Uh -huh. So it was just uh -huh. like, you know, good job. Way to get in front of it, you know. <laughs> Very much like you're if fine. I don't you're show fine. Any, yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. And it worked, you know. I kept playing softball, but That's hilarious. Yeah. It's kind of incredible how that works with children. It yep. really is. It's yeah. they feed I've... off your their parents' reactions sometimes more uh -huh. than their own experience. Oh, absolutely. I definitely learned as a babysitter that like if you've got a toddler and they fall down just cheer yeah you know yep like yeah and, and then they get up and they're like oh oh okay that was fun yeah <laughs> you're like yes that was fun good job but don't do it again <laughs> it was fun but let's not do it again yeah, yeah right. exactly <laughs> but it completely unless they're actually injured yeah. in which case it won't work but like otherwise it completely rewires how they look at it and they're just like oh i guess that was fine and you're like yes yep. stop crying that was fine <laughs> All right. So the reason that we were talking about this today uh, is that we have realized uh, as in the course of spending two and a half years talking about sports together, that there's a pretty 
wide disparity in how injuries are talked about in our various sports. Um, and we found that interesting. I mean, there's some fairly obvious basic reasons uh, for differences between like contact sports and non-contact sports, right? Um, but we wanted to look at it a little bit more in depth and see what we could find out and why uh, why it might be that way, what the actual rules are, and how this might change in the future. So I'm going to turn it over to Rebecca, who has done some actual legitimate research here, which we're all very impressed by. <laughs> so Rebecca, take it away. See, I really appreciate how low we've set the bar here so that like doing some oh, it's medium, terrific. Yeah, so doing some like medium <laughs> Googling gets me these kinds of props. I like it. Um, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so, so this is an article from wfaa.com which is a news um website out of dallas uh, <clears throat> and this article is from april of 2022 i almost said april of this year but that's in the future uh mm -hmm. it's from april of 2022 and it it gives a nice little um you know a quick summary of the four major leagues in the u.s <clears throat> and their um, injury report requirements. So the NFL, I think, not surprisingly to any of us, has the most extensive um, rules about injury reporting. So <clears throat> um, every team has to provide a personal injury report every single week during the season. It's made up of a practice report, a game status report, and an in-game injury report. Um, so all players who have reportable injuries have to be listed on that report, um, even if they practice in practice, even if they practice, and even if they know the player is going to play in the upcoming game. Um, yeah, I I have a little bit more detail on that. Okay. Um, yeah, the report comes up three times a week. It has to mention body part and with reasonable specificity, the injury. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are either listed as probable, questionable, doubtful, or out for the upcoming game. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and their, like, their status on the practice report has to say did not participate, limited participation, full participation. There's like timing of when they have to do the reporting, as in like time of day for a specific game day of the week like it has to be in yeah. by 4 p.m on wednesday for a thursday game etc um and if a player will not play whether injury or not that has to be reported like all of this stuff um has to go on these um injury records they also are supposed to put these injury updates on stadium video boards oh really yeah wow which i find i find fascinating before the game or during the game uh i don't know okay um but there's a quote here of course there's no attribution to the quote that says it's mm -hmm. nfl policy that information for dissemination to the public on all injured players be reported in a satisfactory manner by clubs to the league office the opposing team, local and national media, and broadcast partners each game week of the regular season and postseason. Then the NBA is similar, but a little bit less Yeah, I was going to say, that all intense. sounds pretty familiar to me. Yeah. So um, every team in the NBA has to provide an injury report that includes... Um, players' injuries, illness, and rest status. There's a specific time of day that they have to report. Um, but it, uh, yes, it, do, it does have to identify a specific injury, illness, or potential instance of a healthy player resting. But it doesn't go into the same level of specificity that mm -hmm. um, football does. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I know you'll get things like left knee soreness or whatever yeah. like you know i know andrew wiggins has been out with uh non-covid illness right yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you know um uh mlb rachel do you want to talk about mlb 
Uh, you probably have more specifics than I do. <laughs> like, I, I know I know from what I've heard that they get fairly specific. Yeah, so there are... But not to the level of NFL, I don't think. Yeah, and so in baseball, every team has three different injured lists. Um, the seven-day, the 10-day, oh, and yeah, the 60-day. Yeah. 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 Um, apparently, the seven-day list is specifically for players with concussion symptoms. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've just found that was... Yeah, the, I guess I usually hear, like, either the 10-day the or the 40-day. Right. Um, or 60. Is it 60? It's 60. Oh, okay. Maybe that changed this year. I Or I could be misremembering. Yeah. Either one yeah. is likely. Um, yeah, so the 7-day is only for... Only for concussion players. symptoms. Concussions, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, players can be placed on the 10-day for any type of injury... Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they have to remain out of action for at least 10 days. Um, yes. That's what allows them to bring up players from the minor right. leagues yes, exactly. to fill out the rest of the roster. Yes. yes. Um, and a player with concussion symptoms can go on the 10 day list, but they have to go on the seven day list first, which. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess the hope is that they recover from the concussion a couple days earlier. Um, and then... And the players are probably more likely to, like, agree to it if it's a little bit shorter. Yeah, my, probably. Would be my guess, too. And then, yeah, there... Because I don't know how, how compulsory the uh, concussion protocol is. Yeah, that's a good question. Hopefully very, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that You know, that's probably uh, a focus for an entire episode. Um, yeah. Concussion shenanigans. Um, so the, the teams have to list, um, relatively specifically, but the, um, MLB's rules seem to be much more around the 10 day, 60 day thing and filling the roster than transparency about what the injury is. Yeah. I I feel like I hear a lot of specificity. But I don't know if that's, you know, self-reported. Like, right. we knew, I think it was Jesus Lozardo broke his hand playing PlayStation and needed <laughs> surgery. Uh-huh. Or, like, somebody broke their thumb, like, smacking the dugout, the oh roof of the God. dugout as a superstitious thing. Yeah. I mean, so. that should be disclosed just to prove that you're <laughs> a ding dong. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, I think we get, I definitely know that... Uh, you know, in the NBA, you do get general sort of things like left knee soreness or mm-hmm. whatever, but you will get specificity if there is particularly, I think, something ongoing, mm-hmm. you know, like if somebody mm-hmm. is out for a little while, then they'll be like, well, you know, it's his, you know, right medial only, like what the fuck ever. I mm-hmm. don't speak medical jargon. Um, you'll get more specificity about that. And you'll also, if something happens during a game, you'll get updates, you Mm -hmm. know, so like they'll go back to the locker room and get examined and then you'll get an update, you know, at the next time out Mm -hmm. or whatever that like, so-and-so has been checked out and they're sending him for an MRI or like, no, he's been checked out and it seems like it's just a sprain. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, they're going to wrap it and, which I always thought was interesting because I feel like, you know, one of the differences that we've really talked about is the difference between like sports like basketball or uh you know sounds like baseball and and football where it's very much like here's exactly what's happening Mm -hmm. here's what we know here's what we're expecting versus like hockey Mm -hmm. where they do not want to tell you this Mm -hmm. and so i'm interested that that football is so specific because one of the rationales i've heard is that in hockey because it's a contact sport they don't want to open you up to targeting well right so so this is part of what i did research on for this because that's, I mean, that's always been my understanding. I've heard mm-hmm. players say that, or maybe not players, but I've heard, um, you know, figures in the league say that. People in the yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. So before I go into that, though, I will, um, I will talk a little bit about the NHL. They have the same kind of thing that um, baseball does. There's an injured reserve list and a long time, long term injured reserve list. Um, 
And if you're to go on the injured reserve list, you have to be physically unable to play for a minimum of seven days after the injury. Um, and then like, you're allowed to like travel with the team and stuff, but you're not allowed to play. And then long-term reserve and long-term injured reserve is of course, much longer term. Um, and that has contract implications and uh, salary cap implications. So like somebody on injured reserve, you still, their salary still counts against the salary cap. Somebody on long-term injured reserve, they do not. So it frees up more cap space to bring up other players. Um, but the NHL is extremely vague with their, uh, <clears throat> with their disclosures. Basically all you get is upper body or lower body injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, they do not list specific things. They do not go into detail. They won't say, uh, they're out with concussion symptoms. They won't say they broke a knee. It's just upper body, lower body. And then very frequently they talk about players, um, timelines in terms of, um, day to day, week to week, um, Mm -hmm. game time decision, that kind of thing. Um, I know we've talked about this before, but do they, once they've come back, do they then begin talking about the specifics of the injury? Not, or? not really. No. Like sometimes. So the one time you really get that is when teams do exit interviews at the end of the season. You'll find out like a full injury list where, you know, 16 players were playing with broken bones and somebody broke a foot and somebody's <laughs> hip fell out of their body and stuff like that. But it's truly... <laughs> Just laying there on the ice. Exactly. But it's truly like <laughs> at the end of the season, there are no more games to play, which I think... And it sounds like they're not na- um, listed by name either. It's just well, like they this can many be. of this injury. They can be. It's, oh, okay. It's, yeah. Um, but I think that is part of what contributes to the understanding that the reason you don't talk about injuries is because you think you're going to be targeted or because somebody Mm -hmm. thinks that somebody is going to target an injured player if they know what it's up. Um, Well, and so like, so I think this is interesting because you do get in, in basketball, for example, which is ostensibly not a contact sport, right? Like you, you get fouled if you hit each other too much. Right. (laughs) Um, but there is still a lot of like bumping and and mm-hmm. bumping and grinding and <laughs> you know, elbowing and 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 shoving and you definitely will see guys get targeted in the sense of you know if they know that you're recovering from you know a wrist sprain on your shooting hand and you're having to shoot on your bad side mm-hmm. They will try to make you go shoot on your bad side. Right. Right. Like that is absolutely the case. But there's not this sense of like. Somebody's going to go punch uh, your bad wrist. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's not this sense of danger about it. It's much more a strategic thing. Like. Yeah. Well, and that. Yeah. And I tried to. Yeah. I tried to look into this a little bit because, you know, it would seem to be a perfect case study in that, like, if this were a concern, you'd see it all the time in the in the NFL and not at all in the NHL. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't really yeah. see if anybody had specifically compared that. Yeah. And and from some of the research that I did for this episode, that that theory seems to be falling out of favor, which I think is great. Like, mm-hmm. if we're not worried about that, good. Um, but what I did find was there's a, a 2022 article in the Washington Post um, about... Uh, the title of it is Injury Secrecy is an NHL Tradition. Um, and so it it talks a lot about the, um, the exact thing that we're saying, that the NHL is very um, secretive about injuries. Um, but what it... The twist here is that it talks about it in relation to sports betting. Um, yeah. And... So really the impression that I have gotten from this article and a couple others that I read is that, um, and I wish I, uh, maybe I can find the quote about it. Um, uh, I'm not going to look too hard. Um, Is that the NFL led the way on injury reporting 
because of sports betting, because hmm. yep. of That's... the transparency, quote unquote, required in order to place good bets. And sports betting is very, very new in hockey. So it has mm. not had the same, quote unquote, time Impact. to, quote right. unquote, catch up or something like that. Yeah. Th- that was what you found as well, Rachel? Yeah, like I, I did a little bit of research into this too. And basically everything I found was about football and betting. Yeah. So when you want me to launch into that whole Do thing, it. you just let me know. No, go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that seems to be the the long and the short of it. Uh, the the NFL has the most detailed reports, uh, specifically because of sports betting. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, uh, for the uh, NFL Players Association, their union, uh, part of the collective bargaining agreement is them waiving their right to privacy mm-hmm. for their medical information. Um, and yeah, it is like, I definitely had a kind of a gut reaction of, oh, that's super gross mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I will say the the one point they raise about that that made me think that in ge- so this was from a USA Today article in general the injury list is supposed to eliminate so called inside information that could be improperly exploited. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, to serve public uh, and public interest and provide the status of players for upcoming game, players who have injuries some type of may not be available. Yeah, so it's basically like to prevent this kind of insider economy of information mm-hmm. and to prevent corruption, mm-hmm. where you know you ha- would have people going after the yeah. like physical mm-hmm. train physical therapists the trainers else trying to not. find out this inside information right. to place their bets mm-hmm. so it's a, it's an attempt to get ahead of that and to just make as much information as possible except public. except here's the thing like we're talking about insider trading on an individual's health like the other way you could go after stopping that kind of thing is like enforcing an NDA that somebody has to sign, right? The answer doesn't have to be tell everyone what the physical status of every player is. Uh, You know, the more that I discovered that this was related to sports betting, the more I was on the side of the NHL not disclosing injuries, which is something (laughs) I was very unprepared to be on the side of. So uh, I think this is an interesting question, though, right? Because, I mean... We're not a celebrity podcast, but but what? we can jump <laughs> about celebrities. I, I mean, obviously, we're all celebrities, but like, <laughs> clearly, in our hearts. Uh, but, you know, it gets into the same sort of conversation, right, about the commodification of the human body mm-hmm. as you use it for your job, right? So in this case, athletes are getting paid for what their body can and cannot do in the public sphere, mm-hmm. right? Which is very similar to, like, what an actress or an actor does or does not do mm-hmm. right like they people lose 50 pounds for a movie role right and sorry i just thought of something dumb <laughs> please say it <laughs> you can't say that and not share you said it you know it's like what actors and celebrities do i was thinking yeah it's like sex workers do which made me think of like a brothel posting an injured list <laughs> The face we all just made is excellent for the listening audience. I told you it was dumb and you asked me for it anyway. And I regret nothing. I can't wait for Joe's tweets as they listen to this episode (laughs) doing the editing. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry, Joe. Um, But so, you know, but it gets into the same thing, right? Like what, Mm -hmm. what information about your body, your personal life, are you consensually signing away as part of your job when you take one of mm-hmm. these roles, right? Like what mm-hmm. what amount of information does an athlete owe the fans, owe the fan base? I mean, leave betting out of it for a minute, right? Like just casual fans. Like if I don't see Andrew Wiggins for several games – I would like to know why, you know, and mm-hmm. it can be either because I'm concerned about him as a person. I like Wiggs. I would like to know mm-hmm. that he's okay. Or it can be I'm concerned about my team's chances in the championship and I want to know why he's not there. Or it could even be like I'm concerned about what the Warriors budget is going to be. And if they're paying him a shit ton of money and he's not playing, I would like to know why. So like where? Well, but then in that case, then then mm-hmm. you could. God, I can't believe I'm arguing on the side of the national. <laughs> 
<laughs> but in that case, you could go with, you know, upper body injury, lower body injury. Right. Personal reasons. Because every once in a while, you know, somebody misses a game because their their wife is having a baby. And, you know, sure, it's announced that they're skipping a game for personal reasons. And then you see why mm-hmm. on Instagram when they post it themselves. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know how much that we as fans have a right to know that somebody's you know, suffered from testicular torsion because they jumped too hard <laughs> on something. And, right? Like, why Why do we have a right, quote unquote, to know that right. somebody tore their ACL Yeah, versus and just the, the they are injured and they will be out for six weeks? And it's funny we should start talking about this because the interesting thing is, like, it, it seemed from what I could find, like, the NFL conversation is over. Like, this is the information yeah. we're mm-hmm. getting. We're going to keep yeah. getting it. There is no sense of, like, unless the, the Players Association one day decides to push back, right. um, you know, this is what we're getting. The question now is this getting into college. Oh, uh, no. Specifically college football. No. And the conversation, no. the interesting thing about this conversation is it's being framed in terms of data rights like data privacy yeah, rights, yeah, yeah. And, absolutely and selling the rights to yeah. data um but the problem is you can sell a lot of data uh without having to report it and you know necessarily mm-hmm. say how you got it um i mean th- the idea is that it would be obviously released by coaches mm-hmm. but then you get to the 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 idea of like coaches can and, and certainly have in the nfl manipulate uh, this to the point where it's almost useless. Like mm-hmm. they're specifically talking about um, Bill Belichick, who coached the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he listed Tom Brady on the injury report before every game for three straight years, even though Brady was, you know, seemed to be fine, fine and played Jesus for like 127 consecutive games. He kept being listed on the injury report as a way for the coach to just Fuck mm-hmm. with everybody, mm-hmm. and this is um, why so, this is why nobody on this pod roots for the Patriots because goddamn it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is he but, still around? Is Bill Belichick still around? No, he's gone, isn't he? Okay. I'm not sure. Anyway, I, I hope he's gone. I would say for me, one of the big differences between you know the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, whatever versus college is professional versus amateur right like i, I you would yeah. think well yeah. and also like if... that seems like a no-brainer to me like i'm absolutely willing to say that there is a certain amount you know whether it's upper body injury or whether it's shoulder sprain of right that that fans of a sport have to the players right well and also because they're being paid yeah. to do this job but college but also if the is premise... a whole different ballgame yeah, if the premise, <laughs> nice. Um, Thank you. If the premise of getting these injury reports is about sports betting, we yeah. don't do sports betting on college sports, right? Uh huh. <laughs> no. Oh, nope. Jesus Christ. That's the like. That's the thing. I'm sorry. Like, um, I work at a university. College students, even seniors, are still children. Yeah. No. They absolutely. Sh- their 100%. information yeah. on their personal yeah, health should, should not, be. not be disclosed to the yeah. public and just there is a compli- there is a complication there that isn't there with um nfl because of ferpa yeah and mm-hmm. certain things that yeah uh students have a right to privacy on so it seems for right now like there is a lot of variation in what coaches decide to release yeah um and there's some coaches who think it's a competitive advantage to withhold as many injury reports as possible mm-hmm um, but then, you know, the, there's the potential that opens their staff up to possible corruption. Um, and, you know, like especially that, if we're talking about that's a different college problem. staff. Yeah. But especially when we're talking about college staff, they're horrendously underpaid, you know, mm-hmm. at least in the, yeah. the prof- professional game, they're presumably making a living salary. Yeah. Um, well, so you bring up yeah, FERPA. And, so, so for those who don't know, FERPA is the Family Education Rights and Privacy Act. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff that you that um, individuals are not privy to unless the student themselves signs away their rights to share that information. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things I looked up here for this was about HIPAA, which is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, H-I-P-A-A, just to clear yeah, the air on that it right. one. Um, <laughs> and, and the... Part of the reason that 
te- that professional teams can share information about their players is yes that the players do sign away some of their um, some of their rights in this arena, but also your employer is not a protected entity under HIPAA. And so mm-hmm. if your employer employs your doctors and you, and your doctors are then required to report to your employer, the employer is, and the employer is not a protected entity, which it generally isn't under HIPAA, that's part of why they can share such detailed information. So usually the team physician is not covered by HIPAA. Um, and so it's an employer-employee relationship and not a mm-hmm. doctor-patient-confidentiality-privileged relationship, which is another load of garbage. And actually, it made me think of a couple of years ago, Jack Eichel, who played for the um, Buffalo Sabres at the time uh, and now plays, I think, for the Vegas Golden Knights. He um, got a second opinion because he disagreed with the team's doctors about a back injury that he had. And so he actually went out of the league and found his own doctors, um, which is just a, a, you know, a complication or a wrinkle that I hadn't thought of before. Um, but I think it all plays into this as well that, you know, not only is the corruption with the sports betting, but it's potentially, you know, the, the doctor is pressured by the team and the ownership to clear somebody before they're perhaps medically ready. And frankly, they're probably pressured by the players themselves because at least in men's sports, men are idiots and they just want to play regardless of the toll on their health. Yeah, this came up in basketball too a few years ago. Um, I don't remember the details, so I'm not going to pretend that I do. But Kawhi Leonard, when he was with the Spurs, had a... some sort of injury. I want to say it was a thigh or hip or something, but I I don't remember for sure. And got an external doctor who was saying one thing versus the team doctors, which were saying another thing. And for a while, the team doctors were willing to go along with it and be like, well, we think he's probably fine. But, you know, clearly he's found people who, who say otherwise, and we want to respect that. But eventually it turned into a stalemate and he ended up getting traded to a different team because they there was so much bad blood between him and the coaching staff and the medical staff at that point. Um, and that was an interesting thing because they did try and keep it very sort of under wraps for a while, what was going on there and what the conflict was and why things were happening. So it was like, we oh, knew yeah, it was I an that. injury. Yeah, we knew it had to do with an injury. And and I think we even knew ostensibly what the injury was, but we didn't really know why he wasn't coming back and we didn't know why the team was unhappy with him. And then eventually it all kind of came out. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I mean, you definitely get into these, you know, moral conflicts of interest mm-hmm. between the money and, yeah. I mean, sports betting adds a whole new dimension to it. And Well, you're ready to get super grossed out? Oh, no. Tell me probably the nastiest thing or, you know, it seems to me so i read the article on cbs sports about um the pac-12 planning to consider releasing weekly injury reports no. um because of no, no 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 they're not just releasing them they're shopping the rights to license them like any other form of media what the fuck oh, wow. they are selling the rights to injury reports of children like, again, yes. I recognize they are legally adults, but nobody in college is an adult. They are still children. Oh, my God. That's that's so yeah. gross. That's so yep. gross. Ugh. Looking to sell their personal like, information. Who? If you come up with that idea, how do you sleep at night? Like, on a pile of on money. On a mattress full you, of cash. Like, yep. Genuinely, I'm not trying to be flip here. You have to be sociopathic to come up with that idea. You know, people, the people who do this, I think, like, they don't make that connection yeah, in their head. Yeah, they're just not thinking about it. In that particular How way. How do you not yeah. think about it? Because you don't people think are about real it. dumb and aren't critical thinkers. Yeah, it's a quote I heard again today on a podcast just randomly. When your job, when your employment... Uh, depends on you not understanding something it's very easy to not understand it Mm -hmm. yeah so that's what we're looking at uh i'm not sure if the pac-12 has made a decision or not um 
Yeah, companies are actually looking to license League's data to make it available to subscribers like any other media deal. so gross. And then you get into stuff like players a lot of times, definitely in the pros, maybe in college too, wear a lot of wearable fitness sensors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like those things that are strapped to their back. Yeah. Are we selling that data too? I imagine they want to. I mean, even just thinking about something as innocuous as like making your video games more accurate right like if you have all the player data for in for the nba players how much better does that make nba 2k or whatever so gross so on the flip side of this or i don't know maybe it's another side maybe this is a 20-sided die of gross (laughs) we're just rolling it across the table yeah um so uh, there's a Concussion Legacy Foundation. It was founded by Chris Nowinski. Um, and in an article in the Washington Post in 2018, he talked about um, the NHL's policy on not talking about concussions. And what he said is, quote, by hiding the final diagnosis, they avoid public scrutiny on their decisions to allow players to continue playing despite showing concussion signs on the ice. Hiding the injury is also confusing to their audience, which includes youth hockey players and parents. Every properly managed concussion in a professional game is an educational opportunity, and by hiding the diagnosis, the NHL is promoting confusion around concussion signs in NHL players. No, I think that's a really good point, because particularly, you know, I will fully say we should not be selling anybody's medical data, but tracking it to see where the problems are in the sport and where things can be improved or avoided that's a good use of data mm-hmm. you know and and being able to to publicly track these things resulted in concussions right so let's mm-hmm. get helmets in the NHL mm-hmm. or like let's change you know the NFL has had rule changes about how you can hit people mm-hmm. right in an effort to reduce concussions but if you don't know how many concussions you have or how long the symptoms are lasting or how you know prevalent they are in different roles mm-hmm. then it's harder to argue for those sorts of changes mm-hmm. yeah i mean that would be the one upside of this is Mm-hmm. hopefully increased accountability because right. they can't external well pressure. i mean yeah. gary bettman the commissioner of the nhl has flat out denied the existence of cte which is basically brain injuries caused by concussions so right. like he's essentially the flat earther of concussions so like that's never going to change <laughs> so in are we free to NHL. hit him in the head a bunch of times yeah yes yeah because it doesn't okay. it doesn't cause anything it yeah. doesn't do anything go grab your uh, hockey sticks ladies so it's it's not going to change in hockey <laughs> while he's still at the head of the league but maybe it can for other sports yeah that's an interesting question whether concussions should be at like a separate conversation from yeah. everything else. I think arguably they should be yeah. because the effects are different. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. and they're long lasting in a way that like fucking up your wrist is not going to be. Yeah, right. but the problem is I mean, I agree with you. The problem is mm-hmm. you can't see the concussion. You can see a cast. Right. You can see yeah, a broken yeah. bone on an MRI. Yeah. No, so there true. there are still plenty of people out there who don't believe concussions exist or don't believe that they cause yeah long-term injury and long-term issues mm -hmm. Um, because correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that cte can't be diagnosed until you can later cut into cut the brain open i believe that's correct because other forms of encephalopathy encephalopathy (laughs) that's true um Mm -hmm. and i believe the same is true for cte yes it is which makes it a diagnosis you know that much harder to to talk about yeah cte stands for chronic traumatic encephalopathy um, yeah, and Mayo Clinic says, um, a diagnosis is made only at autopsy by studying sections of the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the same is also true for, for Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. says, mm-hmm. because, yep. you know, you can't tests see. we can yeah. run on the brain are, are somewhat limited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And rabies, <sighs> but we don't talk about that in sports enough. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about rabies. It creeps me the fuck out. Fair. Yeah, it's it's messed I up. I think that's probably one we're safe from on this pod. Oh, Everybody now that you've said worried. it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think we have covered all of the questions that we were intending to cover today. 
Well, do so we have Rachel, any... yeah, Rachel looked up a little bit about, um, yeah. one of our, one of our questions that was kind of like a, a toss in the air where we weren't sure if we were going to even find anything was how does violence in the sport itself mm-hmm. affect or correlate with violence outside the sport? And I think Rachel said she found something on that. Did you? Okay. Yes. Um, there wasn't much, you know, it's, it's difficult to formulate a search phrase that yeah. leaves out, you know, a lot of the, the stuff that we've stuff we've already talked about, you know, um, and, or just simply bringing up, uh, either bringing up like what happens on the field mm-hmm. and uh or yeah i don't know where i was going with that anyway so here's what i was thinking going into this like if if the correlation between the violence of a sport and and the violence of uh, let's say it's players in general mm-hmm. with if the correlation was perfect we would probably expect to see the most violent crimes among football and hockey players right mm-hmm. because those, those are, are the Rugby. Like obviously contact sports. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I mean hockey is unquestionably maybe... violent. You can just flat yes. out say that. <laughs> and I would say football too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you I got yeah. dudes, you know, trying to to take each other down. So, um, at basketball, probably somewhere in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it's you know not a contact sport, but there's a lot of interpersonal contact. Mm-hmm. Yes, you there know. Is. Um, and then you know we'd have baseball somewhere on the other end of the scale because there's not a lot of uh, uh, opportunity for in the same way. Yeah. There's not a lot of opportunity for accidental Mm -hmm. physical or like, you know, basically unless there's a bench clearing brawl Mm -hmm. or two (laughs) players, two players will occasionally collide on a base. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But usually if you have injuries, they are related to something a sportsman has done on his own. Um, so that's kind of what you expect to see. Well, what I did find one study that looked at this specifically, it was a, from a website called Vocative that I guess does a lot of data analysis. Mm. Um, and so looked at the four major sports and looked at uh, reports on arrests. So arrests specifically, not charges or convictions. Um, and it, it looked at a bunch of different arrests, not just violent crimes, but I kind of separated it out. So what do you think that they found? The opposite. If you had to guess. what we would say. I think it's going to be about the same across them all. Okay. Uh, Both of you are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it. Okay. Secret option Uh, C. (laughs) Well, there's a factor we're not taking into account yet, and I had not taken into account either. So, in in fact, the NBA and NFL lead arrest rates uh, compared to the MLB and NHL. Ooh, is the secret third factor racism? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Nice. So, from 2010 to 2014, the NFL had an average arrest rate of approximately uh, 2,466 per 100,000, followed by the NBA's uh, 2,157. So, they're somewhat comparable. On the other hand, you have professional baseball with an arrest rate of 553 per 100,000 and 175 per 100,000. So that's wow. hockey is on the See, the I was figuring the races very would far even it out, but okay, it actually Well, makes I mean, it hockey is completely inverted it. Completely yeah. Completely yeah. inverted it. That's wild. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm um, so embarrassed that none of us thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and once it's pointed out, yeah. It makes total yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the number of domestic abuse incidents, specifically on a yearly basis, were comparable between the NBA and NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we adjusted the numbers to take into account the size differential of the two leagues, professional basketball players have a higher arrest rate uh, for domestic abuse and assault-related arrests. This includes any assault that took place within the home and assaults of girlfriends or wives since 2010. Um, so... Okay, so it's also important to note that most of the arrests in all sports were for DUIs. That mm, was interesting. Yeah, um, you people have enough money to hire a damn Uber, yeah. but but they also have enough money that they think they're above the law. I know. Yeah, remember these are arrests, not I know charges or convictions. Yeah, of course not. So um, the NFL and NBA. Uh, the arrest rate for for a wide range of alleged crimes compared with MLB, which where arrests were almost entirely for driving under the influence. And again, mm-hmm. we're looking at, you know, who's arrested for what here. Um, and so for, you know, as mm-hmm. we know in the U.S., for violent crimes, mm-hmm. black men in particular mm-hmm. are arrested at much, much higher, higher rates. rates. Yeah. And 
like I said, this is hard to research. This is the only study I found. I could not find one that controlled for race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's something we have to take into account mm-hmm. when we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. You'd, ha- I mean, you could parse the data that we have in order to get that result mm-hmm. in theory. You want to do that? I'm tempted, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, you'd have to. There would be math involved. <laughs> yep. Maybe Been I'll a while make Kyle since I do took it. a statistics class. <laughs> Send me that study. I'll throw it at Kyle. <laughs> he likes a good math problem. Well, you know, even though we don't have like an answer definitively to that question, I, I'm glad you looked it up because that's yeah. Yeah, I'm glad the, I found anything. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. That's that's good to know and good to keep in mind. I mean, you know the the incidence of arrests and well just arrests across leagues it there are so few in hockey um especially compared to the number of um sexual assault allegations that we have right in this mm-hmm. league that would be another interesting thing to look at would just be allegations Mm -hmm. versus actual arrests because i wonder if that would tip things back a bit Mm -hmm. but i'm sure that would be much harder data to gather yeah for sure and then well i'm not even gonna get into that (laughs) yeah (sighs) well this was a surprising and uh thought-provoking episode I know, we actually had to think. Amazing. Don't go tell people that I agree with the NHL on something. <laughs> no. Oh, actually, I think today is like the four-year anniversary of that um, reductress headline that's uh, terrible. The worst uh, person you know just made a, made good, a point. good point. Shit. Yep. <laughs> the worst league I know just made a good point. It's fine. Even a stopped clock is right twice a day. It's true. This, the, this league is a blind squirrel and it has yeah. happened upon a nut. Mm-hmm. And I think then you got to ask if racism plays into that too. Like if we value the privacy of white sportsmen more than yeah. 100% those of other yeah. races. Yeah. Well, and even beyond that, do we value that privacy because we see them as people and not as objects? I yeah. mean, that's, I'm sure that there's something in there to that. Like I, I wouldn't dismiss that, but I suspect the money aspect and the betting aspect are, more prevalent like there's more money in football than there is in hockey there's Mm -hmm. more betting in football than there is in hockey um Mm -hmm. and if the league and the owners see sports betting and injury reports as going to earn them a lot more money i think we'll start to see drastic changes um Mm -hmm. though you know i i Presumably the the players have quite a bit of leverage here because it would have to go into it would have to be negotiated into the collective bargaining agreement and the players association would have to agree with it. Um, And a lot of a lot of players in the NHL are just fine with, um, you know, vague descriptions of their injuries. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell if there was significant pushback. Um, for, mm. you know, the, which I think it's kind of interesting that like, uh, I don't know, maybe Re- Rebecca, you can speak to this too, but like the research that I did, like, they're not asking players about this, you mm. know, they're asking coaches and sports betting associations mm-hmm. and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And so like, and you'll, it doesn't you'll seem like have, the players have much of a voice. Yeah, you'll have the occasional coach like uh, Ken Hitchcock, um, who used to coach the Dallas Stars. He didn't like the vagueness um, and so he would occasionally say exactly what the injury was of a player. <laughs> and it didn't really occur to me until now, as we're having this conversation, that I wonder under what authority he had to disclose those exact injuries, yeah. given the and position there... of the league and the collective bargaining agreement and the NHLPA, et cetera. Yeah. Because I know for the NFL, like, you can be fined for putting false information mm-hmm. in a report. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick wasn't, presumably. Of course not, because it's because the Patriots. Bill Belichick. But, like, I wonder if the NHL has regulations the other way. Like, can you be fined for putting out too specific information? It's a good question. I mean, I, just... I, I think the status quo of the NHL is not to put out that information. And most of the time, 99% of the time, nobody's challenging that. 
So yeah, it would because they think it probably gives them an advantage to yeah. not have that. So it would kind of surprise me if there was a punishment structure for that, because it's just built into the culture that you don't share it. Mm-hmm. I will say, as a fan, I do find it frustrating when we don't get information about something that we clearly see happen mm-hmm. that is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, like, it's awful, like, it, when you don't, don't know yet, like, I exactly. Bassett getting hit in the face with that, that right. ball, you know? Right. And the fans are white-knuckling it the whole time, like, yeah. what information can we find out? Is he okay? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, and I it do turned think, out he was, but... Yeah, I think I think there is a, a role there for, like, you know, I do care about my, my basketball guys, mm-hmm. right? Like, if I see Steph Curry go down on the court with what looks like something terrible right. that has just happened to him, I want to know because I want to know that he's okay. Sure. And I get you know, that. I think... And and I have been frustrated with the lack of information coming out of the NHL or the team. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I'm letting that go now because if I Yeah, I mean care it's definitely them... a small piece of the larger picture. Yeah. Well, and if I care yeah. about them as a person, I should value their right to privacy. Sure, that's true. Uh, I, but trust, I do no, think Nancy, there's, I, I think it, I, I feel I, you. I think like, we can't. You watch somebody get checked into the boards and then they leave and you're like, well, obviously his shoulder popped out of his socket. Just tell me that his shoulder popped out of his socket. But I do think that there is a piece, though, that we can't just dismiss that when you agree to do these things in a public sphere, you are. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that you are giving up a certain amount of autonomy over yourself because you are making that choice, right? Mm-hmm. Like they are getting paid millions of millions of millions mm-hmm. of dollars. At the pro level, yes. At absolutely. the pro level, yes, absolutely. The pro level only to play this game. And as part of that, they have legions of fans who are invested in their health and safety and well-being. And I am there is a point at which I am okay with saying my personal investment in Steph Curry's well-being is valuable. And in response for that, and in response for the millions of dollars in his contract, they should let me know he's okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, so, I agree, it's part of the bigger picture, absolutely, and it's not the biggest piece, and I would say there are definitely lines, mm-hmm. you know? But so, I don't want to just dismiss that out of hand. If it's based on... um league money market share salary like so far all we've talked about is the four major men's leagues because that's the information Mm -hmm. that we have for Mm -hmm. for women's leagues that don't make millions of dollars and they don't like individuals don't make millions of dollars at the same time do you still feel that that should be the same level of access i i do to a degree um i mean look at it this way right like when i got hit in the face with a softball. Mm-hmm. I'm not making any money. Mm-hmm. But my coworkers were freaked the fuck out. Right. It was the middle of the game. I left. I went to the ER. Mm-hmm. The game continued. They did not call it, mm-hmm. which, frankly, I think they should have. <laughs> but they continued to play. Mm-hmm. And my poor coworkers didn't know what happened to me right. until several days later. Right. And I would argue that on some level, they deserved to know. Yeah, because your co-workers. Right. Who are on but, the team. Sure. But my co-workers in the stands, too. You know? like Yeah. But I think I get what Nancy's saying in terms of, like, it's the same reason we, obviously this isn't the same thing, but, like, follow sports players on yeah, social media. Sure. Right? I mean, obviously that's stuff that they're choosing to post. Yeah. But, like, there is a level of in which personal investment is good, not only for, you know, the shareholders of the sport, mm-hmm. but also for, like, the sport as a whole, for the team, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that there's an argument there, too. Yeah, yeah I think I there's a certain you. amount of social collateral there. And by choosing to take the job, you are agreeing to a certain amount of that. Now, the key is a certain amount, right. obviously. But but I don't think we can just as you know, like I th- I get this. I get salty about this with celebrities, too, when they're like, well, I'm entitled to privacy. Yes, of course you are, obviously. But also you took a job that puts you squarely in the public eye mm-hmm. repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, nobody should be accosting you in the grocery store. But if you show up in a, at an awards show, you expect to get your photo taken, you know, mm-hmm. like. 
don't pick your nose on the red carpet and then complain if people are laughing at you picking your nose on the red carpet, right? <laughs> like that's right. You know. So I just I just think that's a piece of the of the picture as sure. well is that these are people performing a public job that they have agreed to do for money. Right. I get that. But then it should be their choice to share that information and it should be their But they did when they signed the contract. their bosses. But I mean, but, but there's also then like a level of coercion when you sign that contract. When sure, you're signing a hundred absolutely. million dollar contract, do you really have the choice to say, mm, I don't want to share when I have appendicitis? Or when no, I like, you can sign the contract. I mean, these companies all essentially have monopolies over the professional yeah, versions of their sports totally. in mm-hmm. the US. So like you can't go to another employer no, right. it's true. if you it's don't like the contract true. this one's offering you. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a simple thing. No, no, like, no, 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 for sure. But I, I, I don't think we can just dismiss that piece of it. They are, they are not acting as private individuals in this context. Mostly, I agree. Rebecca the does not agree. professional ones <laughs> no, are no, not no. acting. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I just, I, I feel like we are in, we are in such an age where People expect to know everything about everyone. And like, I'm a relatively private person. And so if I like fall at work and I get workman's Mm -hmm. comp and I have to be out for whatever amount of time, there are Mm -hmm. not like, I'm not sharing the details of that with everyone in my workplace. I'm just not. No, totally. Yeah. And so I don't know. I guess I am trying to balance that. But I mean, I agree with you. I don't think there's any simple answer here. I, part of the thing that really grosses me out is learning that a lot of this is driven by gambling. Yeah, and that's 100% mm-hmm. gross. Like, we completely agree on yeah. that. There's no question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, and, and was, absolutely it it getting by, into the amateur stuff is not okay. Yeah, if it was driven by altruism and... Uh, you know, trying to teach younger generations about how to be safe playing a sport. If it was driven by... Yeah, that accountability piece. Yeah, if it was driven by, like, wanting to connect with the fans, like, all of that feels a little bit different to me. But knowing that it's driven by people wanting to make money on other people's bodies. Yeah. That, I think that's fundamentally where I just, I get, like, I know you're not, I know you're also grossed out by that. So I'm not trying yes, to say that I you're not. <laughs> no, I know. Um, but I think that's Welcome why. Welcome to Fell Puck, where, th- <laughs> where three people who agree argue for an hour. <laughs> but I think that's why I'm drawing the line a little earlier. Yeah. 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 No, that's that's fair. And I mean, just to, just to put us both on the therapist couch here for a minute, I think you're slightly more of an idealist than I am. And, and oh, sure. that's, you know, yeah. that's going to be reflected in this sort of, yeah. of debate as well. Yeah. But. Final thoughts, friends. Capitalism is gross. Privacy is important. What else have we learned today? I'm very confused to be agreeing with the National Hockey League. Ah, yes. <laughs> That's really what I'm taking. Wearing a, taking a giant scarlet N on your shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rachel? Oh, I don't know how to sum all this up. <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> I would say something like, don't forget about racism, but like, <laughs> oh, oh womp, womp. that doesn't sound right. And on that cheery note, I mean, we're going to wrap this shit up. We are recording this at the start of Black History Month, so it is important to note that in this yes. specific mm-hmm. arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, that's, yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, Rebecca, should anybody want to tell us how incredibly right we are about all of this, where could they do that? (laughs) Yes, you can find us on uh, Twitter primarily, uh, which is at FoulPuckPod. We're also on Instagram at FoulPuckPodcast and Gmail at FoulPuckPodcast at gmail.com. And our website is FoulPuckPodcast.net. And I would like to thank Joe, as always, for doing our editing, as well as Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to thank our listeners and also encourage our listeners to promote and share and do all of those things. Uh, This pod, any of our other pods, 
I mean, episodes, I suppose. We don't have other pods. Uh, but Yet. go tell your friends. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the things I think we would all really like is if you want to talk back to us, you know, come come tag us on Twitter. Tell us what you thought. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you're listening to. Um, give us new topics. You know, it's not like we're ever short on being able to talk about shit. But, but we could use some uh, <laughs> some new things to ramble on for sure. Uh, and go give us a rating and review on the uh, podcast platform of your choice, whether that's iTunes or Spotify or what the fuck ever. Uh, please go and do that. And we will be back uh, next time with more info. And I have been and continue to be Nancy. And I'm still... I am still Rachel. But... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still Rebecca. And Rachel uh... will be Rachel. Yes. Now and always. Uh, for which I we feel are weird. very grateful. Since uh, testicular torsion was mentioned, I'm not sure I should end with go kick some balls. So somebody <laughs> else come up with something. <laughs> go twist some balls. That's even worse. <laughs> go take care uh, of your lower body injury. Oh, there we go. There very we good. go. Send us out on a positive note. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you next time. podcasting.